I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's mm. done, so you are, yeah. <laughs> you are now in the hands of the gods. <laughs> Rusty Quill presents Enthusiasm. Hello, friends and fans. Welcome to Enthusiasm. I am your host, Helen Gould, the best Rusty Quiller. This is a show where various members of the RQ crew get together, kick back and chat about a few of our favourite things. Today on the agenda, we have baking and I'm delighted to be joined by... Hi, I'm Anil and I am the comms guy. Hi, I'm Elizabeth and I work as an editor on the Magnus Archives. Hey, I'm Nico. I'm also an editor for the Magnus Archives. Excellent. I've also just realised that I was pointing at each of you in turn, but there's no way that you could Yeah, it was like, ah, oh, right. <laughs> so I have some like steering questions to help us get started in the conversation, but I think that once we get started, we won't need that too much because we are all pals here. So I think the first and most obvious question is, how did we get interested in baking? And Anil, I want to ask you, because Nico, I don't know much about you and baking, but I know that Anil <laughs> definitely lo- likes baking. So. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, how do I get into it? Like, So 
weirdly enough, I should know. I should know the answers to, uh, to this off the pan my because I have filled in a Great British Bake Off entry form, um, but that <gasps> is something we can probably talk about later. Um, <laughs> but uh, it probably started like a lot of folks when I was a kid. Um, my mum, when she was home, because she worked, she used to work nights as a nurse. And so often on weekends, she would spend her days showing us how to cook or me and my sister and doing like little fairy cakes, mainly just just very simple baking that um, with like glacé cherries and raisins in a in a fairy cake sponge. And it was just from that that I I kind of learned that I liked cooking and I liked baking. And I didn't do much for a very long time until post uni when I was living with Bryn and just got back into it or just started doing it because it's like, oh, we've got people coming around because we had the largest flat at the time. So we would host a lot of our friends coming around. So it's like, oh, rather than just going out and buying crisps and things all the time, it's like, oh, I should try baking and make cakes and things like that. And it just kind of spiralled out from there. <laughs> Oh, that's super cute. You've got an actual, like, origin story. <laughs> uh, how about you, Elizabeth? Uh, definitely with my grandmother, my, on my mother's side. Um, she, she just was a, she was a really good cook, but she would only make a certain amount of things, but she was also a really good baker. So, like, we'd always have ginger nuts and, like, her, her birthday cake, oh, which was nuts. like a chocolate sponge cake was like, um, always really nicely done. Um, and like we, I've actually just today made Russian slice, which, um, I don't know why in Ooh. New Zealand we have like a ton of things named after random peoples <laughs> around the world <laughs> in both bad and okay ways. So, but let's not get into that. But, um, that's like a baked slice with normally with sultanas, but I always put walnuts and salt, um, chocolate chips in it as well. And it's like a slice, which you then ice with chocolate. So yeah, my grandmother, um, you know, coming into the, her place and you'd smell what if she'd made, you know, apple pie, just, um, she also, and I, if anybody knows what this recipe is, but she used to make a pizza and I swear to God, she would mix one egg in with the cheese before she put the cheese on. Like Whoa. there was something weird that she used to do that made it just a little bit different and, I don't know. That is weird. So it was almost like partially almost heading towards a quiche, but um, oh. but with this like sort of more like a pizza base, but like a crispy pizza base. Anyway, so yeah, definitely my grandmother. Uh, I've, I've got as many of her recipes written down as possible to, that I can go back to. Um, but yeah. That's so sweet. Yeah. I'm still back at this pizza quiche thing. Oh, I, know. Like, I don't even know what... what a quizza. <laughs> and you're like, and then you sort of try to explain things to people and they're like, what is this madness? But, like, she used to but make, it did taste good. Oh, it was good. Like, and, and she used to make macaroni cheese, but she'd use like a um, tomato base in it as well. So she'd put, mm. it was a tomato, celery, um, and probably garlic kind of tomato sauce that she'd make and she'd add that into it. And so whenever I'd have macaroni cheese anywhere else, I'm like, why Why is this so plain? Why is it just <laughs> cheese flavoured? You know, and everyone else is like, what is this monstrosity you used to eat? <laughs> but, but it was well, good. Thing, I, I mean, macaroni pie, uh, well, not so much macaroni cheese because I don't like melted cheese a lot, but macaroni pie is, very, is something that my mum also used to make right. um, a lot. So made in a similar way to like, macaroni cheese but instead of using a cheese sauce she would beat a couple of eggs together pour that over the macaroni and then bake it in the oven oh. so it comes out as thick slices of 
like glued together macaroni. Yeah. Right. And it's re- <laughs> but, but it's really it's really nice. Well, it's really nice, especially when cold, and you just have it as your wow. carb alongside something else. And like we would have it with chicken curry. Um, right. And oh, was, that sounds good. It's an it's one of my most endearing childhood meals, and I've never quite been able to replicate it. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to say it's like lasagna, but if you have it cold, I imagine it's much more. It's more like, solid. Much more bite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, since we're on you already, Nico, how did you get into baking? Oh, so I'm the trouble child. So, <laughs> I'm wow, your so- family must be like super, super calm if it's the baker who is the trouble child. <laughs> I'm second generation born here. Both my grandparents are Italian. Mm-hmm. So they tried, bless their heart, so hard to teach me how to speak Italian. And because all my friends didn't speak Italian and spoke English, I was just like, nah. Nah, not going to do that. Nah. And I got into uni around 2021. And it's sort of like that around that age where you want to kind of like figure out what your roots are. And it's kind of like, well, I can learn Italian language or I can take the easy way out and just learn how to make pasta. (laughs) So like, just moved into this flat. We had no internet. Like it was a gringy little student flat. Like we flooded constantly. It was like that year where it was really cold where the pipes were freezing over. So it's like, well, I need something to do for six weeks while some of my flatmates are away. And it's just me and pasta is really cheap to make. So every day I would just make pasta with eggs and flour and get slightly better and slightly better. And after about four weeks, I got really good. And I started getting into the Bake Off because there was nothing else on TV. And yeah, the rest, I just got really, really into it. And when you watch Bake Off, you get really, really (laughs) Mm, into a competitive manner. So. So is it fair to say that all of us here have watched Bake Off? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. Up until the last series, uh, pretty much. Uh, I is that the one where it went to Channel 4, four or 5? Yeah. I, like, uh, I, I, try, I watch some of it, but like Noel Fielding irritates me. And oh, yeah. The, 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 format, the format is not the same. I mean, it's been like that for the last couple of years, but it is not the same show as it started out with. Uh, mm. um, and like... I think series three, four, five—they're probably the the best the best seasons of it. And after that, it starts getting too too competitive. Uh, mm. <laughs> and I know so it's like, the cricket of the um, you know the competitive <laughs> TV programming. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's just it starts to get a bit more mean spirited, and not necessarily really competitive. Uh, not sorry, not not so much from the competitors, but the way that it is edited, and I have a lot of issues with the way the yeah. Bake Off is edited, particularly with the Channel Four series, in terms of the way that they are trying to manufacture drama, um, mm. and we see this with a lot. I mean, this is reality TV in a nutshell, but uh, they're trying to make it more exciting. Uh, and try and engineer like rifts and disagreements and things like that. Plus, the the tasks have become much more arbitrarily difficult, uh, particularly mm. with cutting short time limits. Uh. So it's becoming kind of like Americanized. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. Oh, what a shame. Like the technical test is a really nice idea. But once you start adding more and more complications into that, uh, mm. and once you start cutting time limits, uh, you start making people feel very frazzled and it means that they're more prone to making errors. And it, this is how they start 
engineering some of that drama. Big mistakes and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, wasn't wasn't that the big God, was it custard? The stolen custard? Wasn't that like <laughs> wasn't that really early on? Wasn't that completely accidental? Yeah, there's a stolen custard one and then there's the ice cream cake fiasco. Oh, the ice yeah. Cream. oh yeah. For those who maybe haven't seen Bake Off, what was the custard fiasco and what was the ice cream fiasco? Does uh, Elizabeth, do you remember? I definitely remember the um, the ice cream. They were making like an Eskimo cake or something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but um, one of the competitors, the ice cream just wasn't setting. So he just, he towards the end of it, he just freaks out and put it in the bin. And we're all watching it. We're like, no, don't do that. Like, that's a bad idea. Like, don't. And then, um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, because you feel so, it's one of those shows for people who don't want to see people fail. Like, I don't, I don't like seeing yeah. people fail. So, um, I just, yeah, I, I think everyone was like, just, just put the slop in, in a container and be like, here's the slop I made. <laughs> it still would have been better. Then, like, throwing it in the bin. Because <laughs> you can go by um, the taste of the slop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be no texture, but if it tastes good, you know. Yeah, you never know. Um, okay, so what was the custard thing, Nico? <laughs> custard one, that one's much more chilled out in comparison. Like, because they're all making custard and everyone's custards were setting at the same time. And the guy was just completely frazzled panicking, which I think... I can definitely relate to, and just mm-hmm. saw custard in the fridge, opened it, and just took it. And I think we're making trifle. Yeah, in fact, uh, I'm almost yeah. certain we're making trifle. Yeah, and he ended up using somebody else's custard. Uh, oh no! And like, yeah, and it's like because the custards were different consistencies. The one he stole was thicker, so he could layer it better. Whereas the poor sap who had to use his original <laughs> custard, I often just like sunk. Oh no! I know. Wait, so it was deliberate. I always thought it was an accident. No, no I think, I think it, was it was an accidental because they were both because there are only so many fridges. So I think it's mm. like where it was placed in the fridge. You just open it, grab one, thought it was his, and it's like, oh wait. Uh. <laughs> but the thing I always found with Bake Off, it's kind of like people who watch sports. Like you watch it on TV, and it's like, oh, I can do that. I don't know why everyone's stressed, and it's just cake. I can totally do that. And then you just try and make something like a sponge cake, and everything just goes on. It's like, oh, right. <laughs> See, I have completely the opposite reaction. Like, oh, God, that's so complicated. There's no way. And like, all, I'm just bad at details, as anyone who has seen my streams will know. <laughs> at, at a certain point, I just go, ah, f*** it. And I just throw it away. <laughs> also, this is a Patreon show, so I think we are allowed to swear. But um, probably let's not uh, just have a, a string of expletives. <laughs> I learned this the hard way. You shouldn't way. have invited us on. Like, certainly not me. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up like a pirate. I was tasked to do, sorry, this is off topic, to do the bloopers for one of the Patreon things. And oh, yeah. I spent like two and a half hours bleeping out everything. I was like, <laughs> okay, April, I did it. And I did it like, you know, like the word f. I left the F and the K, but I cook out the O, so it's f. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I've done it. It's perfect. Go and take, have a listen. April is like, Nico, take the bleep. So I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. And that must have taken so long as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone swears. Which one was it? It's Magnus. It was like all the next like four or five blooper sets for the Magnus archives, but everyone oh. swears. I've heard Alex swearing, Johnny, just everyone. It's like, I thought everyone was a good boy. Nope. <laughs> no, no, no. Secretly, we're a very sweary company. <laughs> Apparently that's um, a sign of honesty. The more someone swears, it's the more likely that they're not someone who lies. Because I guess it's just coming straight out of your brain, right? Like, because you're just like, yeah. Ah, blah, blah, blah. 
You're, well, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. venting. It's like you're actually giving your anger or frustration a, a leash. Uh, uh, sorry, unleash. Well, and also you're not you're not censoring yourself when you talk. So I guess it's like people who censor themselves all the time just won't ever say an expletive because, you know, anyway. Mm. That, that's the theory. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Well, we're getting into psychology now. <laughs> <laughs> Very closely linked to baking. Although- yeah, exactly. Or swear, swearing while baking is, is, oh, is often yes. very frequent. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Okay. So what's the worst, that's the worst baking incident that you've ever had? I'll, I'll start. I'll start. So right. mine, I didn't start baking for a very, like I've only recently, like in the past few years, gotten into it properly. The first cake that I properly made from scratch was for, I think it was my friend Tim's birthday. And I didn't know what I was doing. I don't even remember if I used a recipe, but I put it in the oven and I took it out and I was like, oh, that looks fine. And I came back like half an hour later and it just sunk completely in the middle. And I was like, well, that's okay. I can pretend it's like some kind of donut cake. (laughs) And I just covered it in icing, but it kept sinking because it was still warm. So it was just absorbing the icing. So eventually what I turned up with to school was a cake completely covered in icing and the hole in the middle was full. (laughs) (laughs) It was just solid icing in the middle. (laughs) And everyone was like, um, what the f*** is that? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that was... My first major baking fail. <laughs> Mine would be... So the thing about fresh pasta, you're meant to keep it separated until it dried. You're not meant to, like, clump it together unless you whack a lot of flour. I did not know this. That's so why you've I... got all those hooks, right? Yeah. So, like, I made, like, spaghetti. And then I was making it into, like, a pasta bake thing. So, like, I made all the pasta and then I just plunked it on a plate. So it's like a, a thick casserole dish. Everything layered. That all glunked together but I didn't notice at the time so then I added the pasta sauce on top of it and then I let it chill and then pull it in the oven and it came out and it was basically like thick pasta sauce digging oh. down to just like <laughs> two <laughs> inches <laughs> of spaghetti mm. and everyone's like I can't wait to taste your pasta Nico I've never had fresh pastas but I was like I know it's going to be amazing <laughs> bless him oh no oh no oh, it's happened to us all <laughs> Nico, how do you make fresh pasta? Just as an aside, because I don't, I don't know. People say it's easy, but it doesn't look easy. It depends how finicky you want to go. I Italians would tell me off for how basic I do it. I go one egg, mm-hmm. just a medium egg, 100 grams of flour and a pinch of salt. And all you do is you just knead it and knead it. And pasta, you can't overwork it. So you just keep really? kneading it. Yeah, like you, you just keep kneading it and kneading it. You can even like, keep adding flour. It'll basically get to a point where the, it just won't take any flour. And when you try and knead it, you can't knead it anymore because it will just bounce back. Cool. So then you whack that in the fridge for like 30 minutes, let it chill, let it sort of like get all cooled down and cool. Bring it back out and then you can either roll it out of a rolling pin really thin and just slice it. Or if you're fancy and pretentious like me, you've got like a pasta rolling machine and you put it <laughs> for the rolling machine. But like, And then you just like put it straight into boiling water? Yeah, just put it in water and it will cook within like two minutes. Like some boil it in like salted water if you want it, but... Cool. It's so simple and it's it's almost foolproof. It's really good. I mean, you say almost foolproof. <laughs> almost. I mean, just don't clump it together. To, give, to bring us back on topic, <laughs> um, what other baking fails have we had? <laughs> like, like, I've had various ones over the years, uh, just ranging from like the very simple of, oh, I forgot to put sugar or I forgot to put eggs. Uh, and often... <laughs> 
actually, like those those two, while they sound catastrophic, often like not putting sugar in something that you're going to ice is actually not too bad. Mm. And eggs, because like a lot of Indian cakes actually end up being made without eggs. Uh, because of like Ayurvedic or vegan style diets. Uh, uh, so they are things you can pass off. The cake may be a little bit flatter or not quite as sweet, uh, but you can get away with it. I would say probably I'm, I'm not going to delve too much into history of, of failures because there have been many, but I'll, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> this, this comforts me to know. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially when, especially when you're trying a new recipe out for the first time, like the, my first attempt at shoe pastry, awful, just, yeah, really same. awful. Uh, um, so that's the one that like like puffed up balls, yes, like it, like the profiteroles. Yeah, to make um, to make eclairs and profiteroles and things like that. Uh, I was really bad at that. Uh, wait, wait, what's different? What's the difference between shoe pastry and puff pastry? Puff pastry is uh, layered, uh, so it's it's what you will use for you know tops of pies and things like that, or meal for it. Uh, uh, shoe mm. pastry is the one that expands, uh, um, and you can use you can fill it. Uh, you know, like uh, for, for eclairs. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the and profiteroles, eclairs and profiteroles. So yeah. basically, it's a way to get cream into your body. Yes, <laughs> it, it is a cream delivery vehicle. It is. That's the only reason to have it. <laughs> I, I, so my most recent disaster, and it's the one I'm really upset about. No, uh, oh, because it was supposed to be my niece's birthday cake. Uh, Oh, oh no. no! The day so I start so my niece wanted a uh, she's really into Disney films now and she just watched The Little Mermaid and she wanted an under the sea theme or parents were throwing her an under the sea theme party. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So she wanted a fish cake, a fish shaped cake, uh, and she'd watched um, Finding Nemo. So I was. I, I, I had it in my head, I'm going to do a cake that is shaped and decorated like uh, Dory um, from Finding Nemo. Wow. Sure. Okay. So, like, I got myself set up two days before, and her birthday's in June, at, at the end of June. Uh, so, and this June, we were already getting into quite warm weather. <laughs> so... I the, like two days before I I found the picture I was going to copy. I made stencils out of baking uh, parchment. Did all of that up, uh, um, and it's okay. Day before, it's going to take me about a day to make this. Uh, mm-hmm. So I bake I bake the chocolate cake that is going to be the sponge for it. Uh, it doesn't work, so I have to throw it out and start again. <laughs> oh no! Ouch. Oh. I make so I make a second ba- a second chocolate tray bake uh, that is going to be uh, the thing. Cut it out, start making up um, the icing, but it is really warm. Uh, I can't build it in one. Um, mm. I'm having to chill everything, so I'm having to chill the cake, I'm having to chill the frosting, uh, I'm having to chill the fondant uh, that I want to use to to cover the top of the cake. Uh, the fondant doesn't colour right. Uh, the uh, the buttercream splits uh, while it is chilling. Uh, oh no! <laughs> so I've got like this bright orange buttercream, uh, like orange flavoured buttercream that I'm trying to use to put between the layers. Uh, and as I put it into chill, it then splits. Uh, so I have to try and make another batch of that. And with, time is running short here because I'm g- heading down to my sister's the next day. Uh, oh no! So I at something like 10 o'clock at night... Uh, I've got what I think is all right, but I'm going to have to keep this cool uh, um, before I can do... And it's too warm to do any fondant work at this point. Uh, 
So I put everything in the fridge. Uh, I get up at five o'clock the next morning, uh, open the fridge, uh, and the cake has collapsed uh, because <gasps> oh! because because the buttercream didn't set. Uh, um, and the top layer slid off. <gasps> oh no! Oh, oh Adam, no. you're breaking my heart. And so the tail, because the tail was like the the fragile point of where the tail is. Uh, the top layer had basically had cracked and come out, uh, mm. and then the fondant wouldn't roll. And it, like at like oh, eight o'clock, I, like, I tried for three hours to try and restore some semblance to this thing and it was a case of i at like eight o'clock i had to give up and call my sister and say i'm not going to have a birthday cake ready for her and like i I had to head my parents like within a couple of hours and so we i ended up stopping off a like morrison's to get a one like a store-bought cake and obviously my my niece is four so she didn't really remember that she had asked me for this cake in the first okay. place uh, mm-hmm. so she wasn't fussed uh, but it was just mm-hmm. that oh that frustrating that frustrating oh. thing where you want something to go right uh, yes and you spend so much time on it and everything conspires against you to do it and that's actually how baking turns out sometimes yeah. <laughs> oh the life of a baker is full of disappointment yes <laughs> <laughs> I always do the Julia Childs thing, the chef from like 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. was like, aim high, but just expect that everything's going to go wrong <laughs> and just pretend like that's the plan anyway. And sort of, I sing to myself a lot to calm myself down. Currently, a lot of Lion King for unknown reasons, Anna. <laughs> I think that's the big, big difference, isn't it, really, between people who like to cook and people who like to bake. Like, I like mm. to bake, I've just never been much of a cook. But, like, the cooks always love the fact that you can just keep adding or keep doing something, whereas the bakers are like, you put that in the oven, your fate is sealed. <laughs> it's right? done. Like, That's it's it. It's done. You- yeah, <laughs> one, one, once it goes in, it, it's done. Like, you can do it, you can do Like, if you know what you're doing, you can make a load of modifications up until that point. But, yeah, at that point, uh, yeah. mm. it's done so. You are, <laughs> you, you, are now, you are now in the hands of the gods. <laughs> <laughs> Just close the oven and the oven says, it's done. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Elizabeth? Oh, I mean, I've had the the odd, you know, sponge that sunk a bit. Um, And I tried doing um, meringues for a while and... It's always that thing that the first time you do it, it's great. And the second time you're like, I don't know how to do mm. this. And then it just... Yes! yes. Why yes. did that happen? the second time. <laughs> uh, same with shoe pastry, actually. The first time I did it, amazing. Second time, I'm like, oh, just it was gunk. And then, <laughs> Yeah, bread but, for me was like that. Uh. Oh, bread, actually, bread I've been okay with. But brandy snaps I tried as well, which um, <gasps> you don't really seem to get here so much. But in New Zealand, it was like every at Christmas or just any time, party. Rainy snaps, yeah, right? You can't get them here. You can't get them here. Well, but what's, you, it's just you, you always buy have them. them. Yeah, yeah, you buy them and then you like, but you fill them with cream. Mm. Done like another cream vehicle. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to make those, and they just wouldn't spread, or they they'd spread too far. It was just your whole thing is about trying to get these things to spread and then bubble. So that was a pain. But actually, my favorite, nothing I've ever done has been. Anywhere near as momentous, shall we say, as the cake that someone once bought into one of my workplaces, which was where they had decided they were going to make a cake, but they weren't going to follow a recipe. Then they realized they didn't have anything to bake whatever they're going to make in uh, anyway. So they decided they'd bake it in a wok. (laughs) Oh, my. And then they're like, what am I going to flavor it with? I've basically got wheat bix and some other ingredients 
and barbecue sauce. Do you sauce. say Weetabix? Yeah. Do you we- say Weetabix? Weetabix. So, so this cake had... That's not a flavour! Weetabix and barbecue <laughs> sauce flavoured cake baked in a what? wok. Like, <laughs> Who is this monster? And then, and then that's the, then, then they're like, yeah. And then they bring it into work for people to work to like have to try to not eat because you know it was like such a tradition for people bringing cakes and other people to eat them at our workplace that it was like oh god we now have to try to eat this barbecue flavored cake (laughs) i've heard of fusion cooking but this seems to be taking it to extremes confusion cooking um just yeah like and, and it weirdly somehow was almost edible but it was just the fact that it was like everything about it was wrong Wait, 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 wait. You said, oh, did you, did you eat we, it? We, some of us who were like, you know, like I was in the social committee. I was, I was always promoting cake for charity day. So I'm like, oh God, I have to try this cake. Oh. And it was just mostly the flavor of, and I don't even think there was baking powder in it. So it was very dense. <laughs> <laughs> dense and a walk. It's still in the walk, by the way. At work. Oh, well, yeah, you're not going to be able to get it out, are you? <laughs> Oh. Like sort of branny barbecue slice thing. <laughs> it was. Just, yeah. I'm pitching that on the bake off where they're like saying, "Can you please bring your bake up to the judges now?" And he's just like, "Well, walk just sort of like there you go, bonk." <laughs> and I mean, it did not look appealing at all either. I mean, a because it was in a walk, but also because it just looked barbecue coloured, right? And I'm, I'm not a meat eater anyway, so I was like, just very sort of ready orange kind of. Thing to, to yeah 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 so just that, that, yeah. that oh, see that's the thing like whenever I think of anything to do with baking I'm like the what cake <laughs> <laughs> we're all just reeling from this information just, you can't top that I don't think I'll ever be able no. to top that ever look I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen some bad things on on nailed it but uh, <laughs> that's, the guy, the, oh. the, that's a great the, show the guy was a maverick he, a real maverick so I'll, I'll grind him back <laughs> well that sounds like one way of describing yeah. it yeah. <laughs> Baking, how hard can it be? You just pile <laughs> ingredients in. And you're well, I mean, it's not entirely right. It, baking is just adding ingredients to things and then putting it in the oven. But, <laughs> like... It is a wow. science. Well, I mean... It, it. I mean, it's that. It, it's that thing. Like they, they say, cooking is an art, and si- and baking is a science. Uh, mm, I don't oh, yes. necessarily hold to that entirely because yeah. it's a case of baking is a science. But if you know where, so long as you know the fundamentals, and so long as you know where mm. you can tweak things, it can be an art in the sense of you're pushing. You, you're pushing the limits of how much you think. I mean, c- case in point, everyone. I mean, I shouldn't be. I probably shouldn't be so general, but it's like you're making uh, you're making brownies, and you know you've got cocoa and and sugar and eggs and and butter. You've got generally fixed ratios, but brownie recipes differ. Like, not every brownie is going to have the same ratio of ingredients. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I was given an amazing brownie recipe, and it's the one I was using all the way up until the beginning of this year. And it the original recipe, because it was a family recipe, uh, calls for 450 grams of sugar. Okay. Um, alongside yeah. 100 grams of flour, 100 and something grams of uh, butter, and 70 grams of cocoa, plus 100 grams of actual chocolate. Uh, That's not too outlandish. No. 
But 450 grams of sugar is a lot of sugar. It is. It is. I was like over subsequent bakings, I was basically able to get that down to 250 grams of sugar without Mm -hmm. any change in taste. Uh, Wow. Oh wow! You, so you 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 can alter ingredients, even like key ingredients like that. Uh, but again, you know that you can't push it too far. Um, mm. Like you couldn't eliminate the sugar altogether unless you were replacing it with something. I mean, apple sauce might work. And to be fair, like I stopped using that recipe because I've found a a, a variant of it that I replace some of the sugar and I replace some of the um, the butter with yogurt because uh, um, it it makes mm. it fudgier. Oh, uh, yeah, that is that is the ideal. Like, I have this yeah. brownie recipe, and it makes perfectly fine brownies, but they're not as, like, dense and gooey as I would yeah. really like them mm-hmm. to be. But I'm not entirely sure what I need to change to... The way I say yogurt, I think, is a way of doing it, because it just keeps that... It gives the fat content while remaining liquidy enough for... yeah that a, a standard baking time will, will keep it squidgy. Yeah. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna write that down in my in my little notepad. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll post. I think I've posted the recipe in Discord actually because Ooh. the way I the way I found this out is because I was trying to make the recipe vegan, uh, mm. and I needed a substitute for the butter, and then I tested it with my normal recipe, yeah, and just had like half and half butter and yogurt. Uh, mm. But I think I'll I, I think I've modified it since then, so I'll post the recipe um, in the Discord. Uh, I'd love that. Yeah. Wait, so is um, but then isn't aren't butter and yogurt don't vegans that that's still animal products, isn't it? Uh, if you use soy yogurt, uh, oh, I, so like I always forget the something. soy is a thing. Yes. <laughs> Have either of you two come up with like interesting substitutions for stuff? So like not so much substitutions, but the thing that like changed, like blew my mind. Like I struggled for ages to find like the perfect like cookie recipe, like chocolate chip cookie. Oh, I've got the perfect one. I'll give that to you. I was like, <laughs> once I started, once someone said you can, instead of just doing like little titchy, tiny little chocolate chips, if you instead you just use like whole chunks of chocolate and then freeze mm. the dough once it's bowl shaped and then cook it like that. Like it's like gooey and like you get like the sort of cross cut, like when you like you yeah, split the cookie right. in the center and it comes out, it's like the chocolate. Uh, oozing. And you've got all the- <laughs> oh I feel not like, I feel not got a, really good like go-to chocolate chip re- cookie recipe or anything like that uh, i've got a feeling helen's will be better than mine but i can definitely <laughs> show you mine as well i mean so mine is based on like the millie's cookies recipe ah, mm-hmm. and that's the texture that i mm-hmm. really like to have in my cookies but yeah i'll i'll send i'll send that over <laughs> i like it just it never fails me it doesn't matter what i put in it it's just it's always cookies that i would like to eat the only thing is like because i've got a fan oven Mm, it's just yeah. making sure that I haven't accidentally left them in too long and now they're crunchy instead of chewy, which I just, oh, I can't, I can't stand <laughs> a crunchy cookie. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Well, I mean, biscuits, those are meant to be crunchy. That's true. There is that definition. Yeah. <laughs> you can't use the word cookie in, uh, in my brother's household. He bans it. Everything has to be a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> he won't have these Americanisms in the house. <laughs> My thing is just if you've got a recipe, and obviously a sweet one generally, but if it's like do this and then add sultanas in or add whatever, normally I'll add at least probably a half more or some other ingredients as well, right? So if it's going to have sultanas, Mm. I'm like chocolate chips, walnuts. Mm -hmm. If it's like carrot cake, it's like it's got to also have walnuts in it. Like just Mm -hmm. any of the dry ingredients that you can just pack more of, I will (laughs) will do that. I love that. I was going to say that's the thing about 
baking as opposed to cooking though because you can't really once you start going you can't really sort of double backtracking yourself because like i make pasta sauce all the time and like i make it on sunday now and you can just add like little spices and stuff and like so again folks fine I learned the hard way, especially when it comes to French cooking, you can't just decide to add another egg white after it's already been whipped and shaped. Because <laughs> ah. it's just like, yeah, you've got like the crispiness and then it's just like egg white egg cooked on top of it. It's, just, <laughs> oh, it's, oh. it's an equal speciality, that one. Oh, no. Have any of you seen that tweet going around where it's like someone has just been making weird kinds of eggs? It's my favourite. <laughs> I've not seen no, that. No, no. What's, oh, you like It's just it. four pictures. One of them is like the yolk on one side of the pan and all the white on the other <laughs> side of the pan. The other one is like a massive yolk and a tiny bit of white. The other one is like loads of white and then a tiny little yolk in the middle. And I can't remember the other one, but it's just... yeah. You know, eldritch eggs. I love it. (laughs) What I was going to ask you earlier, Elizabeth, was is there anything in New Zealand that you just don't get here or that you can't seem to replicate here? Well, you don't sort of get like pavlova. I mean, you can get pavlova, but pavlova is very common in Australia and New Zealand. Um, What you don't get is um, a flavour called boysenberry, and that's what I really miss. And it's um, basically it's uh. a cross, I think, between blackberries and raspberries or something or other else. That have, oh. you know, if, if you've heard of Knottsbury Farm, the theme park, that was originally a berry farm, um, and that's where it was invented, the the boysenberries. Um, and it spread down to I think Chile and then New Zealand. So like, there's only a couple of places in the world you can get it, and it's like the number one fruit flavored ice cream you can get in New Zealand will always be boysenberry, and it's just oh wow, it's so it's really popular. And then you come overseas and you're like. Why have you not heard of this? <laughs> I, I mean, I've heard of it. It's just I've, it's it's not been a flavor I've tried. Uh, yeah, um, I've never found anything. You won't get. Yeah, you don't find fresh boysenberry here, and I don't think I've even seen boysenberry syrup or anything like that in the shops. So. No, yeah, that's something you have to order online. You need to sort of have it sent over, and it's not not something that you actually even get so much as a. It's more like that the companies have access to it and they put it in their ice creams. Mm. And that's the delivery mechanism for boysenberry. <laughs> like, and there's a few other things you can get. Like, I think you can possibly get boysenberry syrup, but like, yeah, you just, you don't see it. So I really miss that. And um, hokey pokey as well, which is like essentially honeycomb flavor, but just slightly done in a slightly different way. But a lot of cooking like that New Zealanders and Australians think of as being like, oh, that's very New Zealand or Australian. And then we argue about who invented it. <laughs> what you find is you go overseas and you're like, oh, no, this is just something that other people don't do as much or kind of was lost to time. So, like, you know, uh... it's all European things that, yeah, people just don't do anymore or it's East, like it's Middle or Eastern European and so it's just not as well known in, say, the British cooking, So, which is what New Zealand or Australia would reference ourselves to is, like, what the British are doing or what the Americans are doing. So... There's weird things like we have lolly cake, which is like where you basically get biscuits and you crumble them up and get lollies and then you, uh, lolly being um, soft chewing candy. Because lolly for you guys is like ice blocks, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Or it's like a lollipop, like a sweet on a stick. Yeah. So lollies for me is like anything that's like candy that you'd put in your mouth, like Haribo <laughs> or whatever else. <laughs> Right. right. Okay. Oh, gummy. <laughs> yeah, like a gummy. But you know when you get the soft ones, which are kind of like you just very fragile. You can just pull them apart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like yeah, chew it like, or something. Oh, I don't oh, know. Like drumsticks. Um, Percy pigs. 
Percy pigs, see, they're chewing something that you don't have to chew that will just sort of crumble a little bit. Oh. Like, bana- you know the bananas that you get, which are like, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, foam, oh, right, foam yeah. sweet. Foam, foam ones, foam ones, foam ones, right. So you, so you get those types of lollies. So you get this, you get this kind of ginger nutty or digestive base. You get those lollies, you add a ton of butter, and then you basically smash them all together <laughs> and then roll that, like just densely pack it into like the most calorie calorie dense thing you possibly <laughs> imagine then you roll that in coconut and then you slice it and that's lolly cake oh actually sounds really good yeah it is pretty good but like <laughs> as long as you've got like the world's most sweetest too <laughs> but, so i was like well you don't see that anywhere else but then there, there is something similar that uh, i think it was a polish friend once brought in which was kind of like a chocolatey version of that but where you just rolled up it wasn't quite lollies but it was like other bits of like cake or something and then you slice that and i'm like well there's the history. So there's always like some <laughs> like origin story, which, you know, as a Kiwi or an Australian is normally like, no, we invented it. <laughs> no, it, it comes from somewhere else normally. But boysenberry is the one thing I really miss. Aww. The biggest thing I've found from like talking with people who live in like America or Australia and stuff is that how we have it good in Europe with our ambient room temperatures. So whenever it's sort of like when you're mixing eggs or like you leave butter to be at room temperature and stuff and recipes, they don't have that luxury of just keeping something in the kitchen to sort of chill. Yeah. You have to sort of like artificially recreate that temperature. I mean, I run into some problems with that as, as you know, Anna, with the pastry that I've been trying to just, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. As I've said, pastry and I are nemeses now. Like I, the, I think we we we've got the we've got the issue that particularly over the last few summers, uh, mm. trying to do pastry in a home kitchen if you haven't got like good cooling setups uh, is more and more difficult. Uh, mm. mm-hmm. That it just it's getting too warm to do it properly, uh, particularly in a lot of kitchens, and especially in the kinds of kitchens, particularly when you've got like the small flats which retain that's, heat that's my flat so it makes it difficult to work with pastry to start with mm. uh, um unless you're chilling it every 10 minutes uh, that that hassle is uh is something that we don't necessarily all want all the faff with plus pre-made pre-made puff like no one is no one wants to be messing around with making puff pastry <laughs> from scratch uh, um pre-rolled uh pre-rolled stuff is 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 much more prevalent and it is perfectly fine to use it uh, thank you Anil. thank you <laughs> also what i'm hearing is that pies are for winter <laughs> nice big slab of there pie. is that do you know what? One of my most enduring memories of my dad is how he would just eat what the hell he wanted, usually in the car. So the one, so my dad was a terrible cook. He just applied heat to things, and that was it. <laughs> so whenever he was cooking, it was it was grilled pork chops, boiled potatoes, and some kind of boiled vegetable. And that like that's that's all he could do. But he also made crumble, ah. and he wasn't too bad at making crumble. But what am I like? I have a memory of him just like getting into the car with like a bowl full of crumble and eating that as he drove, <laughs> and like he would pass it to me while he was like turning around a corner, and then I'd have to give it back to him while he ate it with one hand. Oh my lord! <laughs> one time he bought like an entire steak pie, and that was on my lap. Jesus! <laughs> wow. Another time. <laughs> He got a block of marzipan. Oh no. And he was like a quarter of the way through it. And then he was like, Does marzipan have sugar in it? And I was like, Dad, you're oh, diabetic. No. Oh my god. Oh, oh my god. Oh, 
so like, like an entire he was just eating marzipan <laughs> straight yeah that is madness, madness. <laughs> he was also i don't know if any of your parents ever did this like would they actually no actually this sounds so this sounds very much like an only my dad thing he really likes jaffa cakes right right and he would like get a packet of 12 when we got into Sainsbury's or wherever, and he would eat them as we went round <laughs> getting all the stuff. And then when we got to the check checkout, he would just hand over the empty oh, packets. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what the, that's what you did with the kids. Yeah. That was like, oh, the kids ate yeah. something. Normally, the adult can like manage to get through the store without. Doing oh, that's amazing. It. No, no, it was my daddy in the Jaffa cakes. <laughs> Have any of you ever tried to make like? One of those like giant Jaffa cake recipes or something like that. I've not tried any of the giant recipes. There was a time when I would I, I voraciously read the website which tries all the giant versions of of things. So oh yes. Like, oh, I'd really like to try that, but it's like no. <laughs> That's a lot of hassle. It's it, it is a lot of hassle, and, and yeah. If I was, but if you were going to try a giant thing of something, I think the Jaffa yeah. cake. I mm. think that would be mm. one that I would try. I mean, yeah, I do like a fruit flavor going through my cakes so. and it shouldn't it shouldn't be too hard i mean it would be like a sponge cake and then you would get some orange flavored jelly to go on top and then you'd cover it in chocolate yeah yeah i mean because we all know that it's a cake so that makes <laughs> it really easy for a start don't don't start the jaffa cake cake biscuit <laughs> look that 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 has been settled in a court of law <laughs> yeah oh, oh god does someone want to explain the jaffa cake business for our american <laughs> listeners <sighs> oh gosh uh, well because yeah it was the whether or not the it's the definition of whether it's a cake was if it would go stale by drying out or by getting so- soft or re- yeah Damper? retaining like going floppy like re- yeah, yeah, retaining yeah. like going softer yeah. than, so it, than it is yeah biscuits go soft and then cake goes dry and so jaffa cakes go dry so therefore it is a cake <laughs> <laughs> even though it's the size and basically the texture of a biscuit, <laughs> but it was all over. It was over tax or something, yes, it's wasn't because it? Because it's, it's whether or yeah. not it, it's whether or not it gets taxed at um, effectively a duty free rate, i.e., zero percent, or if it gets classified classified as a luxury. And I think at the time, <laughs> cake is classified as a luxury and therefore attracts twenty percent tax. And biscuits don't get classified as a luxury and therefore are tax free. <laughs> just. Like, there's a very similar thing, which is total segue, but like where with X-Men, they, there's a tax in the US on bringing in dolls versus other toys. And so when the X-Men figurines were being brought out, they went to court to prove that the X-Men characters were not human and therefore (laughs) not dolls. (laughs) But they've got a point! Even though the entire narrative... But the entire narrative of X Men is like, oh, you, sh- you know, you're supposed to treat us like humans. You know, we're just also people. It's like, but they went to court to prove it for tax reasons that they weren't human. But this is this is how to we struggle so hard to beat the British stereotype. But you know, when you got things where we go to court to figure out whether something's a biscuit <laughs> yeah. or cake, you know, we just it's just lodged yeah. in there. There's no escaping it. Right, we've got ten minutes left. I would like to ask. Because we're on the topic of fictional things, like, what is, like, okay, I'll tell you what sparked this. One of the formative Disney films of my childhood was Sleeping Beauty, 
because of that scene with the fairies and they're turning her dress all kinds of different colours and they make this terrible tottering cake and half of it's purple and half of it's blue or something and it's like all terrible. Like I was wondering like what fictional baking stuff do you remember? Like do you have any... Any thoughts of like, oh yeah, that's what a cake should be. Like the massive sandwiches and Scooby-Doo and stuff like that. Oh, oh gosh. I know it's a weird question, but like... For me, I'm a massive, massive fan of Studio Ghibli. Oh yeah. Like just already, I mean, the food in that is incredible, but it's the baking breads that's in the Kiki's Delivery Service. And just like how they do like the pie crisps and things. And it just looks stunning like it just looks perfection like i know they can paint it to make it look perfect but like i've always wanted to be able to just like recreate it yeah i think there's that thing where um i always my experience of things that seem to look really good and think and then weren't is very Mm. strong in my memory of like so there's that like storytelling as well as part of that but um so i'm i hate fondant right like i don't want like a (laughs) me too I don't want a cake which is like full of fondant because I just don't think it tastes very nice. <laughs> so I'm one of these people where I'm like, if it looks more like a hot mess, but it tastes really good, I'm there. But if it looks really pretty, like I totally, like I love watching people mm. do the shows where they make the extravagant stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to eat it. Mm. Yeah. And it almost feels like you shouldn't. Like I, I feel like I really like baking to be something that isn't huge effort and therefore you can eat it without feeling some sort of random guilt <laughs> about the fact. Like those wedding cakes that are really, yeah. really like, I, I just, I'm also like, yeah. how are you going to cut through that? That's like half your size. How is it going <laughs> to? Yeah, yeah. Like I'll watch the shows, like a lot of the American like cake aces and things like that. Uh, cake boss. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, inter- they're really, inter- they're really interesting to watch, but I'm never going to try reproducing any of that. No. Uh, I mean, you can't, they have like special machines and everything, well, don't I mean, they? So. True. But even like stuff from the Bake Off, it's like, as, as Elizabeth says, I'm much more focused on taste because my decoration skills are not great. Uh, mm. um, there are a few things that I, like if it's simplistic to look good, uh, like I was really proud when I, uh, when I managed to do a mirror glaze uh, um, for a cake uh, because it came out really well. Uh, wow. um, and it's a fairly simple thing to produce. Like it's not, fancy swirls that you have to spend like hours piping or anything like that because i yeah. know that if i was to try and do that everything would collapse probably um a, mir- a mirror glaze is one of those super shiny yeah it's where you ones. Look, yeah uh yeah you i know it was the chocolate one which is easier than trying to do the colored ones uh mm. but it just makes it look like it's got an absolute like a sheen on it uh and there was because and this was after a bake-off um thing where like the the showcase challenge was you had to do you had to make a cake with a mirror glaze uh and so like this was a time when I th- it was a couple of years ago and we were doing like every other week we would get a group of people together to watch to watch the show um and you would make like people would try and do something in the vein of something that they did on bake off in the last couple of weeks uh, and so mm-hmm. like i tried to do the mirror glaze and it came out really well and i have not tried it again since <laughs> but it, it's also because like if if i'm decorating a cake it's for an occasion and especially mm. under the current circumstances i'm not showing cake off to anybody yeah <laughs> so it's like i just want to make something that i will like to eat <laughs> yeah 
The first I've ever gone with cake decoration is when we got all those awards and I made a banana cake for Alex and for Rusty Quill in general. And I just had those silver balls and I just wrote yay exclamation mark on it. (laughs) Oh, yes, I remember (laughs) that. (laughs) I was really pleased with the actual cake, though. Mm. I think that's maybe the best tasting cake I've ever made. But yeah, that's all you're going to get from me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like when I stream, people are like, oh, you're going to put icing on it? And I was like, no. <laughs> I think the fanciest cake I've ever done is um, for some reason at, at one of my workplaces, we were obsessed with the, I think it was the Nyan cat. It yeah. was the oh, yeah. cat you could go to and it had the rainbow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and we had like, so what we did is we just had a computer running where we just had it going constantly because we were like, <laughs> we need to have this record. So yeah, once we passed the, like the most longest it was open for records we um, i then did a cake which had like the little i mean because it was simple right just cake and like different colored icing <laughs> and then like <laughs> simple to draw so i feel like a, i'm trying to remember isn't nyan cat like a cat in a in a sandwich or a pot it's like a yeah. pop tart it's like a pop tart cat and that irritating yeah. music <laughs> I like how me and Elizabeth totally are both the kind of people yeah. who are like, oh yeah, that yeah. annoying thing, and we immediately do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, well, I was like, you know, if there's other suggestions for shows that we do after this, like musicals. Oh yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there oh musicals. my god! Yes. So. Any Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> I am I am thinking about second season. One of them is courtroom dramas, and now I'm just adding musicals to oh, this. Nice. Because yeah. I I love yeah. I love a good courtroom scene. Oh no, the problem is like <laughs> I can't talk about like I couldn't talk about any of the recent stuff, but I did remember watching LA Law when it was on. But that's that's probably oh, yes, a reference yeah. that is going to go part go over the heads of many of our listeners it it's is gone probably over my a bit head. old i mean yeah <laughs> me too oh no I, yeah. I know la law because because in new zealand we got tv 10 years later that's why <laughs> right <laughs> what was the other one with, with um where it was like you went from the police to the it was police and then it went to the lawyers and i can't remember it it was very long running i mean uh laura well there's law and order yeah law and order law and order which is slight yeah slightly Sorry. more recent about la law would have been yeah. effectively a precursor to ali B- ali mcbeal yeah. more so but and that's probably only just about on the verge of people's uh, uh, god uh, ali mcbeal was just atrocious sort of it's yeah. just an awful show <laughs> um, weird weird show i mean you know when you look look back on things and you're like friends friends wasn't no, that good friends is, <laughs> like ali mcbeal was really friends bad. after season four <laughs> is awful it's actually downright mm. awful uh, and, <laughs> yeah uh, yeah like the first few the first few series of it i think are actually not too bad but after that it's like <laughs> it starts getting really problematic it's... really quickly <laughs> i still like the idea of rachel's trifle i think <laughs> yeah, i think that's a really classic because <laughs> oh, we've that all been there Ill. when someone's made something horrible and you eat it and you have to be like mm. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> On that note, I think we're coming up to the end of our hour. Oh, that's gone really quickly. (laughs) It has! It's because we're having fun. Yay! I would just like to say thank you so, so much for coming here and chatting to me about cakes and icing. Thank you for having us on. (laughs) So thank you to Anil and Elizabeth and Nico, and thank you to you, the listener, for joining in. And I wish you good luck in all of your oven-based adventures. (laughs) And I think... That's where we say goodbye, right? Bye. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> 
Enthusiasm is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Share Alike 4.0 International License. It is created and hosted by Helen Gould, produced by April Sumner, and edited by Lorian Davis. Thanks for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello all, it's Helen here the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming, and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The program is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the program at www.rustyquill.com or 
www.programmaudioseries.com or search for The Program Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode. <laughs> 